0: Mindfulness Mode 425.
1: And then I ran towards him and I I hugged him and we like just two men in the middle of Hong Kong. We were just like falling, right? It It was incredible.
0: Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness right here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and mindfulness life coach, Bruce Lankford. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I'm starting a membership group and I'm really excited about this. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. The Mindfulness Mode membership family. I'll be sharing tools for you to stop that inner bully. There'll be a live call with me every month. I'll be sharing the latest in mindfulness information. Oh, and I'll be sharing clips from my show that never made it to publishing or post-interview chats, things like that. Oh, and there'll be a guided meditation of the month recorded by me and exclusive to the Mindfulness Mode membership family. Stay tuned on that. June 12th is the launch date. Mark it on your calendar. There will be a live online event with guests and prizes and lots of fun, lots of mindfulness tips, June 12th. So stay tuned on how to sign up for this membership group. Email me at bruce at mindfulnessmode.com to share ideas with me that you might have for the new group. Today's guest has been a mentor to me for 14 years. You'll hear on the interview how he had a rough time when he was young, he was severely bullied. And uh, I mean, it was it was very, very tough. And of course I've worked in bullying prevention since 2003 and I totally resonated with Dan's story. Dan has a fire within him. And in my opinion, that fire was fueled by some of the events in his life. And you can tell that amazing things happened in his life since that time. Get ready. Instead of sitting back, sit up, take notice and enjoy today's interview. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I've got one of my mentors with me today. This is so fantastic. I've got Dan Locke. Hey, Dan, are you in mindfulness mode today? Uh, Absolutely. Bruce, I'm glad to connect. What took you so long to reach out? (laughs) I don't know, but uh, man, I'm sure glad it's happening today. This is so awesome. Yeah, I was just saying to Dan that I have listened to him hundreds of times because he was interviewed way back in like about 2005 on Raymond Aaron's show. And Dan, that was was just so awesome because you were such a warrior, you know, such a, you know, get out and do something and don't let those voices stop. Stop you, you know, just do it, do it, do it, do it. And man, that has inspired me to do so many things that I've done in my life. So, so Dan, tell us what mindfulness means to you. What's it all about in your life?
1: I think mindfulness to me is self-awareness right? Yeah. I think most people, they, they don't have enough self-awareness. And I get these questions a lot, like, you know, Dan, what should I do? Should I start the business? Should I change career? Or, or should I do this? Or what direction? What decision should I, should I make? Uh, very often, it boils down to lack of self-awareness. Because for most people, they, are not, they don't know what, what they, uh, their callings are. I'm not even talking about like your, your life purpose, because that's way deeper. I'm just talking about knowing yourself enough what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Right? What are you good at? What are you not good at? Right? What are you passionate about? What are you not passionate about? That's, to me, uh, the, the, anything that you want to do, if you have that self-awareness, everything is so much easier, that you will have that clarity, right? Part of it is that clarity, uh, what, what, where you want to go. So uh, to me, it equals self-awareness.
0: Well, you know, you seem to have that ability to just move forward, move forward, move forward. Have you ever been blocked? Like, have you ever been at a place where you just thought, man, I don't know how to move forward?
1: Uh, all the time. Oh, yeah? <laughs> really? All the freaking time. Okay. Uh, all the time because uh, every level is another devil, right? Yeah. Uh, where you get to a certain point, like think about it in the beginning, let's say from a a business perspective, you got nothing to lose, right? Like you're starting a company, you got nothing to lose. You're kind of a starter mode and you make mistakes, you you lose some sales you make some sales. It's okay, you got nothing to lose. But once you build up to a certain point, like say this point, now you have something to lose, not a huge, but something to lose. Now it's not just you and you've got a team, you've got your competitors. Now, if you have something that's working, you're bound to have competitors, right? Yeah. And then from there, and then now when you become even now more successful, now it's like like we, you have a problem. It's a good problem to have. Like before, if you're here, there's a lot of people you can learn from, right? Totally. There's a lot of people you can learn from. But when you're here, now everybody's copying you. You look at the front. It's like, hey, there's no one in the front I can learn from, like most of behind me, right? Yeah. So now you need to innovate, you need to do so much more. So blocks in front of me, like all, all the time. But I think one difference is, comes back to self-awareness. Uh, example, when we are growing as a company, now we have like students as a global education company in over now 150 countries. That's incredible. A hun- I'm not talking about podcasts, I'm not talking about reach. That's way more, I'm talking about students, actual wow. students from 150 countries. So when you're running a global organization like this, that it requires me, like there is problem after problem, always in business, in life as well. Any problem that you solve, will be immediately replaced by another problem, bigger problem, Yeah, right? It's not like at the point where you've got no problem. So when you're talking about like Bruce, this block all the time, but, The block, it is not, I'm not talking about people who have this invisible wall where they have this, like they're stuck and they, this, this wall in front of them where they, they don't know how to break through that, right? Yes. Mine is a little bit different. Mine is like, I'm growing, I'm improving. I know I can see the wall, right? I know it's getting closer. So let's make sure what do we need to do? Do we need to break through it? Do we need to go around it? Do we, do we go under? Like I, I have that self-awareness. I can think long enough, far enough that I can see that it's coming, it's coming versus like this invisible wall. To me, it's very, very visible. It's a block, but I could work around it. So that's the way that I see it. But all the time, all the time.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of blocks and challenges, you were fourteen when you came to Canada from Hong Kong. Correct. Tell Correct. me about the emotion. Tell me how that felt when you you arrived in Canada. You were fourteen. You didn't speak English very well. How did that yeah. feel?
1: Uh, loneliness. Yeah. Uh, frustration. Uh, resentment. Resentment towards my parents. Right. Because. I was like, why do you like, I was okay. I felt I was okay. Uh, why did you take me out of like all my friends that I had, all that, like all the, everybody from like that to this country and where I couldn't speak the language. Like Bruce, the first time when the first few days, when I arrived to, to Canada, I was living in Surrey. Right. Right. Now, for Those who don't know we're Canadians. So you, you probably know, yeah. like Surrey is kind of hood, you know, the right. hood is right. in Vancouver. Yes. It's not, and, and I was living in Wally, right? Okay. <laughs> That's like the worst part of it, of pretty much, yes. right? Um, and your dad was, was
0: back in Hong Kong, right?
1: My dad was back in Hong Kong. So it's just my mom and I, we were living in a one-bedroom apartment, yeah. right? So the first few days when I arrived, I was so afraid, so afraid of just like, what is this place? I couldn't speak a language. So I didn't go to the house for days. Mm-hmm. I didn't even go out of the house for days. And finally... I had work up enough courage. I would go out there and like kind of walk around, like I'm talking like a small little one block maybe, right? Right. And then back my home, and that was. It took me like a while before I can walk like a big block. Wow. Like from go to. It's kind of, I was so afraid. I, I didn't know. Like I was afraid to talk to people. I was afraid people would talk to me. What? What am I gonna say? So I was this like shy, like just kid who who is so afraid of the world. So. And, and then when I, when I was going to high school, right? In that school, it was a school in Surrey. Right. I was one of the only three Chinese in my school. Wow. Right? So from there, I got bullied. I got beat up. When you went through a lot of, because I never had this kind of stuff happen in my life. You're kind of traumatized by it. When you go to school, you yeah. get beat up, right? Yeah. Like you can, I don't know if you can see it, but this, like I've got a scar that's from my, from beat up, right? From gut beating up. Right under, you under know, your chin. Right under my chin right here, yeah. right?
0: Um, and tell so, me about one of those situations, one of those days, one of those bullies, tell me a situation.
1: Oh, it was every week. Okay. One day I was in my, uh, in a cafeteria, yeah. I was just eating my, like the little lunchbox with, like my, my mom made for me. Right. Yeah. I was just like eating like this. Imagine. Right. Yeah. So like they, they have the, the table here. So suddenly this kid came over, he, he grabbed my hair. Right, just like this. Yeah. Yanked. Just pulled you and back. Like, pulled your head right back. back. Say, hey, you know, just like, it what? And then it's like, what? Because Why are you looking at me like this? Just telling me like why I look at him. I didn't look at him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's like, why are you looking at me like that? So he's like this, right? He's just like shaking me. You want to fight? And I said, well, I don't, don't want to fight. Like, I'm, like, in mind, like I was a skinny little guy. He's yeah. Like, yeah. like 110 pounds, maybe like, you want to fight? Yeah, let's go fight, right? And it's, he's got a couple other, like bully friends right there, right? He dragged me out from the cafeteria all the way out to the, the, the playground area, out the door, yeah. like my hair. Like it's in front of like a lot of people, right? Because it's, it's, it's lunchtime. So drag me all the way, drag me out to the, to the area where it's outdoor. Yeah. And just beat the crap out of me. Just beat you up just like that. Yeah. And then on the, on the ground kicking me and stuff like that. And then he's like, don't you look at me again. Like, like that way, you know? And it's got some like racist comments, right? Yeah. And he walked away and I was like, of course I was crying and I was yeah. like, you know, bruises and blood and all that. And I was so afraid because I was afraid to, and then I went home to my mom and mom, my mom was like, oh, why are you getting into fights and stuff? And, and I, I didn't even want to, I want to explain, right? I didn't want to bother explaining. Um, I said, it's okay, don't worry about it. So look, like, you can imagine. So I bought up a lot of emotions, a lot of. Yeah a lot of uh, depression and, and uh, like, i mean in an environment that I don't want to be in. I'm getting beat up for no reason. I couldn't speak the language. I had no friends. Like why did my parents did it, did this to me? Right. It's, it's a lot of, a lot of resentment, a lot of anger for sure. Yeah. Um, that was different. It's a very difficult time.
0: Very difficult. Wow. Time. And then when was the last time you saw your dad? I know that you, you got a lot of feelings about, you know, not seeing him just before he passed away, but when did you so, see him?
1: Yeah. So it was, uh, so just to fast forward. So my mom and dad, so I was arrived to, to Vancouver. Yeah. Immigrant when I was 14, my mom and dad got divorced when I was 16. Right. So because my dad actually they always had uh, issues, but they, they actually waited for so long before they got divorced because of me. Right. Otherwise my mom would have divorced like way, way, way early. Right. Um, they had this issue. And afterwards, and my dad went bankrupt about a year later when I was 17 years old in Hong Kong. Right? right? Because trusted the wrong business partner. The business partner basically took the money and disappeared. And my dad was the guarantor for everything. Mm. So he basically left, left about a million dollars in debt in US. A million dollars. Wow. And so that point on, my dad could no longer support us. He could no longer send us money, allowance, just even to, to eat and go to school right? So whatever little money that we have, we had at the time, my mom that had, that was it. Like, and my mom has never worked a day in her life. Like my mom is like a housewife and right. couldn't speak English. Like she couldn't get work. Right. So I had a lot of resentment towards my dad. First of all, the divorce, I was like, how dare you? Yes. Right. First, like from, from my point of view, and then like what you won't even support us. What the hell is wrong with you, man? Like, right. Yeah. Really? Like I had a lot of resentment too. like, I, Almost like to a point like I hated him. Yeah, right. and like anger, right? right? Anger, anger. And I, I, from then, that 17, went okay. bankrupt. I didn't talk to him for at least, I think, three, four years. Right. Um, and then he would, at the time we had the fax machine yes. at home, like the fax machine. Yeah. He would send me like faxes like this, yeah. like always, probably once every couple of weeks. I still have all those faxes. Oh, do you? Yeah, and he would uh, apologize, always very apologetic uh, about different things. And I didn't didn't call. He he was too guilty to call. Yeah, so he was always just send me faxes, right? Right. Um. And it was like three, four years later. Until I'm like was more mature. Now I'm like being an entrepreneur, right? All this stuff. Uh. And then I found out a few other things about the sacrifices that my dad had made. For me to get to to get to Canada, Oh um, uh, because here's what happens, right? Because my dad had um, heart disease, blood, high blood pressure, and um, diabetic, right? Okay. So for immigrant, he actually wouldn't qualify I see. to immigrate. Oh, he couldn't
0: makes... have come to Canada.
1: He couldn't have come to Canada. And at the time, the, the reason why they moved is because I was getting so much trouble. At the time, I didn't know. I Was too, like, I'm, I was a punk kid, right? Okay. But I was getting into, into fights. I was, um, hang, I was, I joined a gang in Hong Kong, right? Yeah. Because I was hanging around with the wrong people. I wasn't good at school, right? So my dad and mom decided, okay, we need to get him out of the environment. So all the people I was, quote unquote, my friends, they were the wrong people I was hanging around with. I see. I was a teenager. I didn't know, right? Like, all I knew, is I was hanging around with my friends. What the hell, man? Like, what's going on? Yeah. So my dad actually had to take, a lot of the medicines and pills you know to qualify for the test that's very very harmful for his body okay so he so he actually was sacrificing his health in order for us to move here he did a lot of things he never told me that right i found out later from another relative right i see um, and my dad was very guilty like that the million dollar he lost uh, which, it, which it's not his fault right yeah and so the more I know it, it's like all, all these things, then I realized, oh, actually my dad, like, as I thought like, oh, my dad didn't love me, right? Sure. He's like, but actually it turned out he actually loved me very, like so much, so much. Um, so afterwards we, we, we talked and, and our relationship, it's so much better. And then after a, a few years later, uh, I forgot probably when I was 20, yeah, 20 something that I went back to Hong Kong, then I, I saw him um, and that was, that was great. And, you know, the minute I saw him, I, I never see my dad cry, but he cried. Oh, wow. Because He's like a very traditional, like Asian like, yes. dad, like, you know, doesn't like, but he was, he was bawling like a baby. And did you cry like, too? Oh, fuck. I cried like crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, Do you? Yeah. I, I was but like, from, from like, as I exited the, the MTR station in Hong Kong, kind of like a subway. Yeah. I was there, I was here. My, I saw my dad from like quite far away. Yeah. We saw each other, we were just, before we get, we were bawling, he, he, I was bawling, he was bawling, right? Wow. And then I ran towards him and I, I hug him and we like just two men in the middle of Hong Kong. We were just like bawling, <laughs> right? It was, it was incredible, but it's, 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 it's great because then um, our relationship, we repair our relationship. Uh, and it's so funny because afterwards, uh, with my dad again like my dad's like very like strict and stuff like that right yeah uh, but because now i'm a lot more more i guess from from Canada, more caucasian yes right yeah like I, I i hug him i kiss him and stuff like my dad first kind of freaked out by that was kissing him on, on the <laughs> yeah he's probably he's like what are you doing <laughs> yeah like what the hell i'm kissing him and then before you know he was kissing me you know yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome like that i was it's, it's very, very special so i'm glad that we we're able to repair repair the relationship, and yeah it's then when I went back to Canada, came back here, I call him every week, and we talk uh. and it, it's really, it's beautiful and and like mind like my dad again doesn't say you know, I love you stuff. No, every time we end a call, I say, I love you in in Chinese. He said, I love you, son. You know, I'm proud of you. Uh, It's it's great. great.
0: Oh, that is an awesome story. But in the meantime, before you made that, that connection, it was more Mm. Bruce Lee who was playing that father figure for you. Wasn't it? Like he was the man. What were the characteristics in Bruce Lee that, that you just admired the most?
1: That's a good question. So, remember, I was in high school I was getting bullied. Yeah, right? yeah. So getting, getting my ass kicked. Yeah. And one day I was flipping through the, the. I always remember I was sitting in the living room. Yeah. Right. The TV's in the here, yes. and I was flipping through the channel. Late night cable TV, I saw Return of the Dragon. Yes. Okay. It was Bruce Lee's movie, and where he went to, he couldn't speak a word of English. Right. Went to Rome, right, and then all the peers, the restaurant, all kind of looked down on the guy. Like, who is this guy, right? Yeah. And then before you know it, he's like kicking ass and like being so cool and and kicking all the bad bad guys' ass, right? Yeah, that was like, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> like that that after that movie, oh. he became my hero. Yeah, that must that have just it.
0: triggered something in your brain. That
1: that, that that was like wow, like a guy like couldn't speak English and like kick like. From then on, like within very short period of time, like weeks and days, uh, I joined a karate school near my house. Yeah, yeah. Like, like maybe five, 10 minutes away. So that's my first experience to like learning, learning martial art. And of course, martial art changed my life So But Bruce was the one who inspired me like to develop self-confidence. Uh, funny thing is this, Bruce, Bruce, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, that after I learned martial art, the bully who bullied me in school, yes they no longer bully me. I, I can believe that. <sighs> yeah. And you know what's even fascinating is this. What? Some of the guys who bully me actually later on became my students. Cool. For martial art. Cool. It is like the most bizarre thing. That is bizarre. Uh, yeah. And were
0: you able to let go of the animosity? Like, were you able to just kind of like forgive them and everything?
1: Yeah, because when, when you learn martial art, you learn, too, a lot of things, like, about your mind, your body, your spirit, right? Yeah, At That, like, it's not about, like, oh, kicking somebody your ass, ass and stuff. Like, you learn about yourself, right? When you have that self-confidence. And, and I forgive them because I know the bullies. Why, why, why do they bully other people?
0: Well, yeah, because they feel inferior, right? Because they feel they just want to prove themselves because they have this fear, they have that's this right.
1: feeling of inferiority. That's right, because they, it's usually coming from insecurity. Yeah, for sure. They, they don't want, well, in case someone bully me, so to protect myself, I need to bully other people to show how tough I am, right, right? Right, That's So usually the bully is the coward. Exactly. Because the one who's truly confident, they don't need to bully people to prove to anybody that, oh, I'm, I'm so tough in this and that, right? Yeah. So, so from there, actually kind of, and that's, I think, in some way, I didn't know late until late on, but even back then at such a young age, I discovered my calling, right? Where I have this teacher's heart. That for martial art, oh, martial art changed my life when, when these like these bully, these kids who are confused, right? Right. And what I can teach them something, and they change, you can see from like this like mean, they're more polite, they're more calm. And I'm like, wow, that's that's quite a transformation. For sure. Right. And so that back, back then, Bruce, like my dream, my biggest dream was just to be a martial art instructor. I thought I opened up a little school, sure. some class, like a little dojo, and that was, that was my like, big dream, maybe if I could do that for the rest of my life, right? What I didn't know is now it led me to a different path. And fast forward, like today, really, I was the same guy who, who likes to have that teacher's heart, who likes to teach, who likes to share, who likes to see people transform it just now in a different context but really it's the same well
0: yeah Yeah. and you're just crazy about teaching you just love it so much it's just obvious and you and you deliver so much content like how do you dish out so many blogs and so many videos and so much stuff how do you do all that
1: i just like a lot of people i think if they, they look at it as a oh man i gotta promote my business i gotta do branding right it's like what I, it's what i got to do yeah right yeah, yeah what i have to do then you don't enjoy it no. when it's like bruce tell me tell me a hobby that you enjoy doing
0: oh a hobby oh i'm a musician so i love playing music yeah yeah okay what what kind of uh what, what kind of instrument well i play the piano i play all the instruments because okay. i used to be a teacher in a school but i but i play the so, piano yeah play the piano And and how often you play Oh, I play like every day and I, and it doesn't feel right. If I don't play, I want to sit down and play and just like close my eyes. And it's almost like a meditation. You know, I just want to get into it.
1: Yes. Right. And after you play, how do you feel? Then I feel
0: relaxed. I feel like, Oh man, that's the best. You know, it's just a great feeling.
1: Right. You feel inspired. Totally. it's exactly like that. So I don't feel like oh like if cause I am horrible at piano, right? <laughs> I, I'm probably the worst pianist in the world. No joke. Uh, I used to go. I used to take a class in Hong Kong, like when I was a kid, yeah. right? I got kicked out by the music school. <laughs> I was so, bad. like, I was the only student that's ever been kicked out from that music school, learning piano. So I'm the worst in the world, right? Oh, well, that's so, funny. So so when I if I play piano, if I don't like enjoy, I don't like playing it. I'm like, oh man, this is so tough. I, that's not my thing. Right. Right. But it is your thing. Right. So when you enjoy doing it, some people ask me, how do, how do you create so much? How do you be, be stay creative? I'm like, it's like people ask you, Bruce, how do you play every day? Doesn't it take discipline? Right. Don't you have to work hard? Like, how do you get inspired? How do you get good? You're like, that's what I like to do.
0: Yeah. Well, that series right? boss in the Bentley you did on, on YouTube, yeah. that must've been so
1: much fun. Was that fun doing that? Yeah, it's 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 just, you know, it's, it's fun. It's productive, yeah. right? Yeah. I, just, I came up with the idea one day, like, okay, I'm going somewhere. Yeah. Like, I and I don't like to use my cell phone in the car, right? Right. Like, I get, <laughs> so I'm like, it's like at a dead time. Why don't we do something? We we'll think we're filming anyway. Let's turn on the camera. Yeah. Let's mount the camera and let's, let's just do some Q&A. Sure. Let, let's just talk, right? Uh, and from there, that's how that series like launched, and, and how it blew up, and now we have like so many episodes, of course. But that was it. And, and then I integrate more with, uh, like, people think about what I do. Uh, Bruce, that's profound. I think it's for for your audience. Yeah, okay? yeah. People think about what I do. It's most influencers, most content creators, they build their life around their, like, whatever platform. Like, okay, they build a life around Facebook, they build a life around Instagram, like right? let me take the perfect photo or they 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 build a life around YouTube, mm-hmm. okay I'm the opposite. I build these things around my life uh, so i I don't do things where, oh, I just do that for for because it looks cool or that would be a good thing, and all that. no, I just I'm just living my life I. Just turn on the camera, okay? Since I'm driving somewhere, let's let's do some Q&A. It wasn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it wasn't like sometimes we come up with good, cool, cool ideas. We want to we want to try, but really, it's be, like this is like the set that you have. This is this is my house, right? I, I have the camera. I turn mm-hmm. on the mic, and we have a conversation, right? It's it's pretty cool. That's... like it's not. It doesn't feel like oh, I gotta open a studio and now it's all serious and I right. gotta. No, it's like yeah, let's have a chat. Let's turn on the camera. That, that's the only difference. Sure. Right. Like Instead of you and I, just two people having a conversation, we, we just have, co- have a conversation in front of millions of people. Like it's like, it's the same
0: yeah. to me. have and, and you've written quite a few books. You've written more than 10 books and now you've got Unlock It and yeah, uh, new it's coming out soon, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so we just uh, finished it. It's coming out probably, I would say, May and June, but we already, like we have so many of like fans from all over the world, they're already pre-ordering it. Yeah, so the Unlock It book, it's, Last time I wrote actually a book is my last book, book F.U. Money. Right, F.U. Yeah, that that was Money. really did well, didn't uh, it? That was more than ten years ago. Yes. This is my my proudest work here. Oh, is it? This is my, my proudest because I have I'm more mature, mm-hmm. right? I am when I wrote F.U. Money, I was more uh, brash. Right, I was more. Yes. Right, it was just more brash. Yeah, I remember younger. you very well back in those days. Yeah, yeah. you were yeah. very yeah.
0: straight ahead. You know, just do yeah, this, do ahead. that. And,
1: I, and, I, and I'm still very direct. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. a little bit older, a little bit more mature, a little bit right? softer, a little bit softer, a little bit calmer in a good way. Right. In a good way. So it's, it's like it's like it's like it's like piano, right? Yeah. You know, you learn to play it, and then it's like now you're like more calm, right? right? You know what? So this is what I have learned. Everything I've learned, and you see, see some Fu Money principles in there. However, sure the it's like a more refined version of me, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. That, and I put everything in the book. Yeah, I'll, I told myself, like, you know what? If I'm gonna give a book, if like to to my, if I have kids, like something I want them to read, it's. Yes. That one. Yeah, I read the first part of it. And uh, you start by
0: talking about countries in the global economy that are crippled by debt and how Singapore is an example of one that's different. How does this relate to the debt problems of our average citizens?
1: Mm. So you're thinking about like the, the global issue that we have. Yeah. It doesn't matter, U.S., even Canada has the issue, of course. Yeah, of right? course, yeah. Uh, some some serious issues <laughs> yes. actually. Uh yes. we can we can is a whole different topic uh, with the yeah. what's going on with the economy. Yeah. And the economy is changing so quick from a what I call a a job economy. Yeah. Where you know back then you go to school, get good grades and you get a job a job economy versus now it's much more what I call a skill economy. Okay? And that's what I talk about in the book, skill economy, meaning that Uh, The the idea of I'm going to find one company, I'm going to work for that company, and that company is going to take care of me, everything will be fine. That model is dead. Yes. Because, first of all, the company, whoever company you're working for, that company might not exist. Five, 10 years from now. Right. Because of technology, because of AI, because of the changes. So that's out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, That industry might not exist whatever industry you're working in that the whole industry could be gone exactly Not even that company so that that it's out so the whole uh, secure the whole job security that's an illusion it doesn't exist anymore so now now the the skill economy what am i talking about you look at uber uber is not a job it's a skill right not a high level skill but it is a skill right right uh, through leverage through a platform that you and I, anyone can become an, an Uber driver and people actually make a living as an Uber driver yes, they do. and they might have a daytime job, but they still kind of have this side income, a side hustle, right? Exactly. As an Uber driver, that's a, that's a skill set that I, that I refer to. It's a skill economy. Podcast, right? You as a podcast host, you as a coach, it is not just, it's not a job, right? It is a skill set that you have. Right. Being able to connect, being able to, to interview other guests, right, just like phenomenal mind. That's a skill set that you have. It is a skill economy. So I think with the whole global issues that anyone, students going through college, going through schools, they need to, be, they need to realize, hey, just having that, that piece of that certificate, that doesn't guarantee you income. It doesn't guarantee you success. It doesn't guarantee you happiness.
0: No, but for a lot of people, it guarantees a lot of debt, right? Because it can be 100000 so, like, or more just yeah, to get you, a degree.
1: absolutely <laughs> guarantee a lot of debt. Yeah. 100%. Unless your parents got a lot of money and send it to private school, that's on an issue. But for most, yeah, you guarantee a slot of debt. So, I mean, you know, even recently, the whole uh, school uh, fee college, the whole scandal about like all these things. Yeah. Uh, how like the school, like, even you look at the, the trend, if you study numbers, we talk numbers, how wages, this is, this is the curve, right? School tuition, this is the curve, right? Yeah, that's
0: right. Wages are staying fairly the same and tuition is skyrocketing.
1: It's like this right yeah so what used to work no long no longer works and and that's really what i talked about that i don't believe if you have if people now a lot of people are in debt if you have debt right now you do not have a debt problem right about you i said you don't have a debt problem you have an income problem right okay when i say income problem, meaning whatever income level that you're at this is how much money you're making this is how much debt that you have for most people, if it would take you a long time with the current income to pay off this debt. But what if you can increase your income by two, three, five times by becoming more valuable, right? upgrading your skill sets, how much faster you can pay off that, that, that debt? Now, ultimately, then your income problem is a skill problem. Right? How can you become like Bruce? If today you can become more valuable uh, as as a coach, you can become more more valuable. Upgrade your skill set as as a podcaster, right? Like all these skills that you have, that is going to impact your income. Right. Where it's no good and just say, "Well, I want more income. Uh, well, how come I don't make more income?" But <laughs> right. well, that doesn't doesn't help anybody, no. right? But if you say, "You know, I'm going to work on my skills, so I can bring more value to marketplace, so I can earn more money." that's a totally different story. So. Debt problem is not debt problem, it's an income problem. Income problem is not the income problem, it is a skill problem.
0: And you're determined to help 1 billion people in the next 12 years to understand this and to move forward and to increase their income, right? Yeah, this
1: is my life mission. This is going to be what I do for the rest of my life. Wow,
0: and you've already helped thousands and thousands and thousands. But how do you plan to do this in 12 years
1: to help 1 billion people? In my mind, uh, I don't have a time frame. I'll I'll do it till the day mm. they, 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 they they put dirt on me, right? Yeah. Uh, that's that's what I do. Yeah. Uh, and so through social media, it's a great way to do it now. Like example, like YouTube we reach like one we have like 1.3 million followers on YouTube, Instagram almost 800,000, Facebook we have 1.5, podcast like hundreds of thousands. So we reach a lot of people through social media. Social media is a great way to to share my message, right? right? And then through, our, through even our training our education programs where people can go through that and just, just completely transform their lives. Teaching them skill sets that are not taught in school. Right. I call those high-income skills. So this is my mission. I'll tell you, here a very simple thing. The other day, um, someone was interviewing me, which they asked me a pretty profound question. He said, Dan, given where you are today, this is actually a good question to ask yourself as well. Given what you're doing today, If you're 10 times more successful, you have 10 times more money, would you still do what you do right now? That's it. So if you're 10 times more successful, if you're making 10 times more money, would you still do what you do right now? If the answer is no, that is not your calling, that is not your purpose. If the answer is absolutely yes, then you know you're home. Right. This is what this is what you're meant to do. And I asked myself that the guest, uh, the, the host asked me that question. I said, absolutely. How do I know? Because I am compared to where I was making before. And I was already like very successful financially. Yes. And to now next level and next level, right? That I'm still doing what I'm doing. Then I know I'm home. This is, this is my gift. It doesn't matter if today I, you ask me if I make a hundred times more money, would I still do what I do? Would I still create content? Would I still do what I do? I said, absolutely. A hundred percent no hesitation, no question, then I know this is what I'm meant to do. Yeah, that's There's awesome, some, that's
0: awesome. Right. Dan, what does the word significance mean to you?
1: In this book, I'll, I'll read you the subtitle, The Master Key to Wealth, Success and Significance. Uh, I didn't know that was the subtitle. That's the subtitle. So I think in life we go through four stages. The first stage is what I call survival, right? right? Survival, you and I know it's, it's paying the bills, right? Yes. It's, it's putting, putting food on the table, that's just like surviving have a roof over our head like that's survival right right and most people they they live kind of in this mode paycheck to paycheck right yeah uh, and then the next level is what i call security uh-huh. now now we're talking about kind of the middle class right you do have a roof over your head uh you you're kind of paying the bills you may have a little bit of debt you have a, have a steady job and and you have maybe a little bit of investments hopefully uh but you also maybe have a little bit of debt uh, but you, you, you're you secure. Right? You have a, you know a lot of people that are, even in Canada, right? Yeah, they're, they're secure. They have a decent life. It's okay. They might take a couple of vacations a year, but pretty middle class, right? right? Steady life. And that's like majority of the population. And then you have the third level, which is what I call success. Now, when it comes to success, now you don't just have everything you need, you have everything you want. Right. Okay, now you're not just... Like driving a car, you're driving the car that you want. A Bentley. Okay. Yeah, Bentley. <laughs> uh, you know, a, 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 a Rolls Royce, a Austin Martin, whatever it is that you like, right? right? You are not you're not just living in, in, in a house, you're living at a house, like your dream house. Exactly. The, your dream neighborhood. Uh you, you go on vacation, you're not staying in in, in like you know, motel six, you're staying in, you know, a nice hotel, right? Yeah. You know, the the four star, the five star, right? Right. Now you're living a good life. You're you're successful. When I roll FQ Money, Bruce, I was level three. Okay. And I thought that was it? like I thought you thought you, you thought life. you'd reached it. I thought this is it, like this is what I, I dream about. Like I have a good life, I, I have a successful business, I have income, like a lot of income coming in, right? Like this, this is cool, like I can buy whatever you want, I'm driving a fancy car, like all this stuff, right? Sure. But I didn't know there was one more step and that's significance. Right. And, and I knew this because there was a day at home, mm-hmm. one day I woke up in the morning. Yeah. No, I never get depressed. I don't get depressed. I'm always a very optimistic kind of guy, always. That day I woke up, Jenny, my wife now, yeah. next to me, I woke up and suddenly I have tears coming down my my, my, my eyes, coming down my cheek. Mm. And I was freaking Jenny out because Jenny was like, whoa, cause she doesn't see me cry a lot. Right. Like I'm talking, I don't cry, right? right? It's like she's like whoa, whoa, like she thought I was maybe. Am I sick? Am I like hurt? Like, sure. what's going on? She's like, what's happening? And I said to her, you know, what I actually don't know. I don't know why I'm crying. Wow. And and, and she was like, like, are you hurt? I was like, no. I, I just I have this suddenly this feeling, this like almost dark depression feeling out of nowhere. Right. Like just out of nowhere. And I couldn't control my emotions, right? Yes. And was just bawling. And she was hugging me. I was bawling. Wow. And she was like freaking out. Like, what's wrong? Like, what's going on? I, said, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I said, I know I can't fucking stop crying. Like just my just tears dropping down. Yeah. I don't know what is going. I couldn't control myself. Wow. And and from then on, I thought, you know what? That's something within me, you can say. You, you, you could say universe, you could say whatever it might be. It doesn't matter. It's your, your, I think it's your higher self. Right. Was telling me you're meant for more. You could do more that, that this is not it. Right. Right. And, and from then on, I shift my focus. I thought, I asked myself the question, when was I the happiest in my life? And guess what, Bruce, when was I happiest is when I was teaching martial art oh. back in High school way back before all that money and all that success. That was why I was the happiest guys on the planet. When I was still teaching, just impacting people and doing that. I could do that. That, that was, that was my goal. Open up a little dojo. Of course. And I said, I, then I fast forward. I said, you know what? If I could do that all day, yeah. if I could build a business around that, that this is what I do all day, every day, what would happen? And I did exactly that. And fast forward, and here we are today, right? Uh, and that's how you transition from success to significance. When you are significance to me, is not about oh, I'm special, I'm I'm better. No, no, no. Significance. I hate to say it; it sounds so cliche, but it is like, what's your legacy? Right. What 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 what's your impact in the world? Right. Right. And, and and for most people, they, I see even friends who are very successful entrepreneurs. Right they're stuck at success. Right, and they don't understand they, significance. They don't understand significance. They don't understand There's like this is you get the money, you get the wealth, you get all that stuff, that's all, that's all cool, like it's fine. But when you get to significance, now the question that you get up in the morning, it's, it's not okay, how can I, how could I make more money, right? How could I build my little like thing? You're not focusing on that. Right. You're focusing on what, what can I, what, what gifts, what, what, what talents, Can I bring to the world? How could I impact more people? Like your focus is completely different. And so
0: from that morning, you changed things. What was the first thing you changed in your life, Dan?
1: I shut down a bunch of my companies. Oh, just like that. Just like that. I sold either. I sold them or shut them down. Wow. Why? Because I look at those companies. Why am I doing it? Just to make money. Just for the money. Just for money. Like I, I don't want to do that anymore. So I, I almost like some, some hypothesis, I just gave it away I said, you know, take it. My shit, just take it, I don't want it. Because I said, I, I don't have a passion for this. I, I cannot see myself doing this. So shut down, gave away all that. Like I'm talking from that to like this, just narrowed that down. Narrowed right? it right like down. Narrowed that right down, right? And I, then I started teaching in, in some way, shape or form. And I was teaching at the time I had a Vancouver Entrepreneurs Group, right. which like for, for next to nothing, really. I just want to teach. Sure. People could come. Maybe not a lot of money. They can just come in and learn, right? Yeah. And I just, I started getting back into my, my kind of my roots, what, what I like to do, right? And I don't care because I've already had, I don't care about the money part because I have the money, right? Sure. But I'm going to do it. Right? And I didn't even had a clear, super clear path, what that looks like. It's just, hey, you know what? Bruce, like to play piano? I'm just going to play some piano. Yeah. Where? Maybe at home, at my friend's house, you're not thinking about performing in front of a lot of people. You know what I mean? You're just thinking, I'm going to play some piano sure, because I enjoy doing it. Just because I, I want if to if do I'm it. Because just... I want to do it. I don't care. I don't care if I have one audience. I don't care about no audience. Right? Right. And I just started doing that. And then before you know it, you, you're playing the piano. And then you, your friends say, hey, man, Bruce, this is awesome, man. Can you play at my party? Okay, I'm going to play at party, man. Or before you know it, hey, can you play at, at, a, at a big theater? All right, okay, I'll play at a big theater. And before you know it, that's kind of what happens. Right. right. I never expected that. But I think the funny thing is when you focus on significance, you get everything else.
0: Yeah. I think you're right. Tell me how Jenny has helped you with mindfulness, with being grounded in your life.
1: She's, 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 well, first of all, she's, she's my wife. Yeah. She's my best friend. She is my soulmate. She's my business partner. Um, I tell people all the time, even on social media, I would not, I would not be where I am without Jenny. She keeps me grounded. She, she tells me, because when you're successful, sometimes people are afraid to, to tell you things. Sure, right? Yeah. Uh, I remember. I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, when I gave my first TEDx talk. Yes. Okay, at TEDx Danny Park. Yeah. It was in front of 2,600 people. Okay. Mm-hmm. 600 people, I was in my red suit, right? Yeah. TEDx and I, I finished my talk. I was the opening speaker, standing ovation, like phenomenal, Yeah. right? Phenomenal, like it was, I was like excited, I was hyped, I was like mm, on top of the world, right? Like, yeah, like finally I'm on TEDx, right? So awesome. Went home, Jenny's like, I said, what? You see that garbage there? Someone's gonna take it out. (laughs) I said, "Are you kidding me?" I was just like resued TEDx in front of 2,600 people standing ovation. Are you kidding me, right? Yeah. Take out the cash. I was like, "Oh fuck!" Right. Take out the cash and put it right. Yeah. You had to take out the trash. it's the same yeah it's the same so she keeps me grounded 100 percent. that's so cool
0: do you have children
1: and, no yet not yet not yet we've been married only for uh, four years now we've been together now almost uh 12 12 years yeah yes yes so yeah so she keeps me grounded she tells me stuff that 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 nobody else tells me uh and and pretty much any i always want things by her Right. So cool. she's my, my sounding board it's yeah, like some people, and we work together because we don't even like, of course, as a couple, we, 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 like, we're together almost 24-7 all the time for years, right? Yeah. We travel together, we go to conferences together, we learn together, right. we grow together, uh, everything that we do. Do you want to be a father? Yes, I do want to be a father. Yeah. Yes, I do want to be a father. It's- but I think now um, we have so much going on that I think maybe in a few years. Well, you know, I didn't become a father until I was
0: almost 40 and I didn't think I was going to be a father. You know, I was starting to think, okay, this is not going to happen. And then it happened. And I'll tell you, it was an amazing experience and it still is. My son's 17 now and Mm. uh, it's just been absolutely phenomenal.
1: I I believe, I believe you. I've talked to my friends who are, and again, goes back to their significance, right? Yeah, Where, where it's. But I have that conversation with Jenny, too. But in some way, it's so interesting. Although we don't have kids yet, but I feel like I have a lot of kids. For sure. I do really feel like I have a lot of kids. Like, 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 seriously, like, even, yeah. even, even like, my, my team, I call them kids. Yeah. Like, they live in my house. How many do like. you have on your team? Right now, on the Dan Lok organization, probably 40-something at this point. Right. Not including, like, these are, like, full-time people. There are 40 some people. I have 20 some people just on the media side. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, I want to ask you five quick answer questions, Dan, if sure. that's okay. Sure. The first one is this. Yeah. Who is one person, and I can only guess who it is, but one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life?
1: No, it's Jenny. It's no doubt. Yeah. yeah it's, it's Jenny, 100%. Yeah. because She's, she's the one that keeps me. Grounded that tells me stuff and yeah, hundred percent for
0: sure. So how has uh, how has mindfulness affected your emotions?
1: Um, I think for mind again goes to me mindfulness equals self awareness. Right. So when you are self aware, even when things are not going the way that you want, that you don't get too hung up. Right, then your emotional is your emotion is not like ups and downs, right? So I'll give you a perfect example. I know it's a long answer, but I want to give you a perfect example. Where let's say martial art. Right. You 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 say I want to hit an opponent, and then if this is the way that I want it, I'm gonna hit uh, the, the hit the head, right? I'm I'm throwing a punch. And when this happens, if we're so fixated that I'm gonna do it exactly my way, I'm gonna arrive you know my destination, my target, exactly the way I want it. Well, what if the guy put up his hand? What if he blocks? What if he this and whatever, right? Then can you can you can you be able to pivot, right? Can you do stuff like that? So uh, it's being able to focus, but letting the need the need to control. Cool. cool. Which you realize you have no control whatsoever. Yeah. Like in human beings, we actually have very little control over anything. Right. Even though we we'll, think we do and we think we want it. Right. We don't. And and you need to, and to be okay with that. Yeah. Because when you're okay with that, your emotions are like, okay. For sure. Okay it, right. It's okay.
0: So tell us how breathing is part of
1: your mindfulness practice. Uh, when I meditate, of course, I meditate now a couple, two, three times, once every two, three days, I should go back to every day. I really should go back to every day um, that breathing, which is to, to empty your mind. And you're breathing, and just you just focus on your, your breathing, right? Right, and just that. So, that to me, it's because of my martial arts training, it's and it's a big part of, of what I do, right? Even when you're speaking, when you're communicating, um, breathing, using your voice, right? Uh, projecting from a diaphragm, it's just a big part of what we do.
0: 100%. Your, your book, Unlock It is awesome. And uh you know, mindful tribe get that book, check it out on Amazon or go to danlock.com. It's L O K danlock.com and check it out. But do you have any other books you would recommend that could be related to mindfulness? Dan
1: i think, i think this is the deepest book i i i could write in terms of mindfulness be, just because the other book i wrote they are their marketing their sales they they are their business they're they're tactical right. right that i i i wasn't deep enough to write a book like this right i didn't have i didn't have enough depth back then i was twenty someone years old yeah how much depth could you have at twenty someone years old sure. right? i'm a little bit older that uh, this is this is really the the book that i'm i'm'm I'm most proud of 100% so I would say yeah this book are there any apps
0: that you use like to meditate or to stay grounded or to be focused
1: what do you use none of them none of them okay I don't use app like my, my, my cell phone has so like so few apps it's crazy oh yeah I, I'm trying to I, like think about I know a lot of people use different app, meditation app and it works for you great uh, I believe in simplicity yeah I believe in like you don't like the less fancier the better like people ask me oh you know what do you do to 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 like set goals and and what's your app that you use you know what i say good old paper and pen sure my little journal like that works perfectly fine for me i don't nothing fancy i I like to keep it very simple so no zero just you you want to meditate if you can focus you can go in that boom I don't need to put on something. I don't need none know that. So I want to simplify even my manage my day-to-day life. I feel a few apps because I think the more apps you have, you, when you're striving for efficiency, it's not about efficiency. It's about simplicity and simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Yes. Yeah. I like that. I like that quote, Dan.
0: Well, it's been great talking to you and Mindful Tribe. Check out DanLock.com, L-O-K, DanLock.com. And definitely grab that book, Unlock It, because yeah, that is it. Awesome. You can go
1: to UnlockItBook.com if you okay. want to go directly to the book page. They can they can pre-order. And by the way, if you pre-order, I actually have a couple classes that I did just for the book purchasers. Um, They will get access to that as well, which awesome. I kind of – Kind of like a, a book club that I go more in depth about different lessons that was not covered in the book, that I just go into it. But this this is my best work. Oh, that's um, awesome. Very proud. Very, very, very proud.
0: So, unlockitbook.com. Unlock it. Check um, it out there. Get some bonuses. Dan, it's been great. Thanks a million for being on
1: mindfulness mode. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You make it so easy. And I'm glad we could connect. And back in 2005, uh, to where you are today, how where how we have both grown so much. Yeah, we right? have, right? Uh, and, and from who we were before, and now who you are today. Uh, and I think that's the one thing I want anyone watching this, listening to this, to to get away, to, to take a take away, to walk away with, and that is, doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter where you came from, doesn't matter you got bullied, doesn't matter if you couldn't speak a word of English, doesn't matter if you come from a dysfunctional family, doesn't matter if you're a punk kid when you were when you were young. If you have the desire, you have the, 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 the right mind, you could change.
0: Definitely. Okay. Thank you, Dan. Thank you Thank for you those words it. of wisdom. Bye now. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash ebook telling you all about the 12 top mindfulness books that have been recommended here on the show. Any one of these books can definitely change your life just like they have for the featured guests I've had on my show. All of these books have been recommended. They're the 12 most recommended books on mindfulness mode. Download this free gift at mindfulnessmode.com top 12 books.